everybody, the con artist here. It's time for part two of the winter 2020 discussion. Um, Dan has come back from the sea. I think he can see. Dan, are you still blind? How's it going? It's a miracle. Over there? Thank oh, goodness. Thank goodness. Whew. Whew. I thought you might have been tempted into sin and drowned yourself. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. All right. So let's let's step far away from Babylon, um, but something that's uh, no less violent with Id Invaded. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this one was really unique. I think it it felt a lot like Inception meets Minority Report. Uh, it was unique for a for an anime. I think it's original, actually. So uh, let's go with this. So there's a police faction uh, they have a special piece of equipment called the Mizuhanome, and it allows them to look for cognitive particles that are left when someone has the intent to kill, and they can use these to create something called an id well for the person they are trying to locate. Usually it's a serial killer, and they send people into the id wells and those people completely lose their memory. They see a girl that her name is Kairu and she's dead. She's been killed in some, some gruesome manner. And they suddenly realize that they are what's known as the brilliant detective. And their purpose is to find out how Kairu died, a.k.a. figure out what the serial killer's deal is as they move through these like metaphysical bendy id wells uh which which function as sort of like maze puzzles that's kind of the the crux of what we've got yeah good description yeah so man this was a really i'm gonna you know just toss it out there quick this was a really tough sit it's very violent it's gruesome like the themes are tough to stomach uh, so definitely not a show you want to like watch with your kids. <laughs> oh my goodness. No. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Uh, on the other hand, I really liked this show. Uh, and I actually don't usually go in for the gruesome, uh, violence or even, I'm not even that much of a fan of police procedurals, but this one was really good. Like I enjoyed it and I like, I enjoyed the first episode and it just kind of kept getting better throughout its run, uh, which really impressed me. I also liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought the idwills were really neat. Um, they all function in a unique way, but still mean something to the the serial killer that you're looking for. Yeah, that was probably one of the most impressive pieces. Like they go to the idwell, and like it's related to the serial killer, but it's not obvious. But like once they kind of explore it more, you can see the connections, even though they're they're not like black and white connections. They did a really good job of that. Yeah, and they definitely play into that idea, sort of like a white collar is what's coming to mind. But uh, you you need a killer to catch a killer. So the only people who can go dive into the Mizuhanome to become brilliant detectives are people who have killed before and have killer intent. This is very important. So it kind of tries to throw in a little bit of like societal discussion in there. Definitely a police procedural. Um I will just put it out there. It's It has very poor character direction for the most part. Like, it sets some things up and they don't really execute aside from lead character Narihisago. Yeah, the lead character, I think, got very good development and yeah. almost nobody else did, especially the poor Well Watcher crew. 
Right, yeah, I just they called them, like, anything. the well circle. They just watch, yeah, the brilliant detective. They are, like, I only know one of their names, the the female, and none of them it's matter. better than me. Yeah, none of them matter. Uh, it's, so, character-wise, it's it's done, it's not, they're not written very interestingly, but Narahisago's story is, is really heartbreaking and just gets more so <laughs> as the show goes yeah. on. Uh, the other... A little bit weird thing is I will say some of the names of the serial killers are borderline ridiculous. <laughs> like, Anything like some Die of are... Hard Man? No, there's like, so they all have a theme, right? So there's Gravedigger, there's Challenger, there's, uh, what was the first one? Perforator. Perforator, thank you. Don't and then give there's them like cool code names, guys. Like Right, and then there's like Thigh Ripper at one point. Eh. And I'm like, how oddly specific. <laughs> Each of them kind of has a specific way they like to kill people because they're serial killers, I guess. Right. Yeah. The facelifter, the thigh twister, the arm right. wrencher, whatever. Yeah. So it's it's very odd. Um, late late in the game, I will say another thing: absolutely do not attempt to solve the mystery. What is what I'll call it of the show? It's it's a little bit Sherlock Holmesy in that it really doesn't leave you clues. On it, just kind of throws it in there. At one point, uh, you get a really pivotal piece of information which seals the deal so that was the other part it kind of abruptly gives you an answer but i do think it's it's a really neat show in terms of its its themes and how it does it the idwells are really fascinating to watch mm. um i think production wise it looks pretty good for what it what it is um yeah, I would say the action scenes are really good. Like, they, they look good. Uh, also, the music is really good in this show. Yeah. Like the, the action music is solid, and the ending music is excellent. I really like the ending theme. Yeah, it is It is quite good. Um, the only other thing I'll say is my, my husband and I had a little joke for this, um, and we called the show God Damn It, Hondamachi Not Again. <laughs> there's, there's a character named Hondamachi, and she just keeps doing every horror movie trope you could think of she's like i'm gonna she gets kidnapped at one point and then something happens to her and she comes back and you're like oh thank goodness and then she just keeps doing things she's like oh there's some guy like who was one of the victims why is he walking around like runs off by herself and we're like hundamachi no 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 don't oh get yourself huh. in trouble hundamachi don't get into that well within a well don't no like hundamachi stop stop doing things stop <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's uh oh my gosh that's just solid i also need to, to retroactively put it in because this was alex's and it was just so damn clever for smile down the runway i need you all to know that we dubbed that show mary so that was my husband's <laughs> big play and good. yeah so i need you all to know that retroactively putting that in there from part one anywho uh it's it's good i think you just need to be able to handle it yeah, if, if you can handle like the sort of the violence, I do strongly recommend it invaded. I would Very consider cool. it for my like probably the second best of the season that I've seen. Wow. And in the same way, uh, something like a My Hero makes you makes you feel good. The show doesn't make you feel good. I'm just gonna put that little block no, out there. It's, no, it's, it does not. That is not like, its purpose. Tip, tip to tail, it doesn't make you feel good. So it's really you're watching it for the set pieces and the themes. So go in knowing that. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from there with our next show, which is uh, basically the exact opposite of that feeling. Uh, <laughs> I hate being in pain, so I'll make a full defense build. Um, 
which I sort of watched on a whim, and it turned out to be great. Uh, so it's a show about people playing an MMO, but get this, no one gets stuck in the game, and no one gets isekai'd. They're literally just playing a game with other people. You liar. Such a thing does not exist. It, I, I know. It's so refreshing. Uh, and like, so because it's a game, like the main character, Maple, kind of the story is generally her getting very powerful. Uh, but initially she gets too powerful and like the game designers just nerf her. Like they nerf her abilities so it doesn't unbalance the game. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like it would actually happen. This person's so, found an exploit. Uh, Have, do, do other people follow her lead? Uh, well, basically, once she there's like a like a competition essentially, and like despite being relatively low level, her ability just lets her get really highly placed. And they're like, "Oh man, everyone's gonna go get that thing. We gotta not let that happen." Ah, uh, so a preemptive buff or a preemptive nerf. Preemptive nerf before everyone gets it. Got it. Uh, let's see what else. I mean. Also, the show is just, it's so much darn fun. Like, Maple is fun. She likes making friends. She likes going on adventures, which are always fun. Uh, I also like, so she's a nice person, but she becomes this unstoppable killing machine by the end of the show. And she really enjoys it because it's a game and that's the point. And, like, no one holds a grudge against her for the same reason. Like, it's just people enjoying a game, uh, which, again, is very unusual, I think. Uh, the show looks great, and occasionally it'll put in like even more, you know, extra work and really make some scenes very pretty, which is nice. Uh, and the side characters get just enough time that they don't feel like cardboard cutouts. Not much more than that, but she like puts together a guild of people who similarly play the game in weird ways, and it's kind of fun. Uh, the only thing I would say against it, it everything is just a little bit too convenient for Maple, who just sort of stumbles into game-breaking skills and powerful equipment by playing the game the way she likes to play it, which is mm. kind of weird. Uh, they have all the game's admins sort of handering about how she's becoming too powerful, but, you know, like, you guys programmed these skills in, so it feels a little silly to be like, oh, no, how did she get the thing? Well, I mean, it's right there. <laughs> like, you, you put it there. Uh... That seems weird for you as someone who's really great at maxing out systems. Like, I don't, I, th I feel like you've done that before, like been able to max out a system the way I'm not sure they realized you could. Uh, and that's true, I guess. But uh, it's sort of like, I don't know, it feels like the first thing she beats up for real gives her like unstoppable poison powers and oh, okay, like okay. a suit of equipment, which is basically perfectly tailor made to the way she wants to play the game and like multiplies her stats to some ridiculous degree. Uh, I see. Okay. Okay. Like, and I know it's a show. We don't have time that much time to watch her not get exciting, cool stuff. Uh, but I mean, whatever, it's a minor quibble. Like it's, it's so fun. You'll just be like, whatever, of course. Uh, so I'd give this show a pretty strong recommendation. Like, it's just fun. Nice. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. I was always very skeptical about uh, shows like that. I've seen a couple. I've honestly felt like I've gotten more mileage out of shows where people are just playing MMOs than ones where the MMO is in any way actually, like, the focus of the plot or people being trapped in it. Yeah, no, this one, they're just like... It's a regular game, and she has to go and, like, get good grades or whatever. They don't spend almost any time outside, but, like, it's clear that she logs out and, you know, hangs out with real friends and so on. Nice. So it's just that she happens to really like this game. Scott, Very if cool. this didn't exist on the internet, I would think that due to being quarantined, you smoke lots of pot and made this show up. Because <laughs> seriously, 
wow, no isekai, no trapped in the game, it's going to kill you, and, and good. Whew. And good, and like, it will just give you a, a positive feeling. Like, very rare. Well, the next show that I want to talk about is one that, I don't know if it gives me positive feelings, such as, so much as confused ones, because... I sat down and watched Beastars on Netflix when really? that came out. I'm very excited for you to talk about this because this looked weird. And yeah, I, it looked weird. Oh, I feel uh... like everyone went in thinking it was Zootopia and then got like sideswiped because I, I mean, don't know much about it, but I know it ain't Zootopia completely. The shortest possible description is what if Zootopia but horny? Huh. Okay. Okay, basic premise is this is a world where there's, you know, everyone's animal people. They're anthropomorphic animals, you know, animal head on top of a mostly human body for the most part. Uh, main character is a wolf. Uh, he's interested in this girl who's a rabbit. And there's this divide between predators and prey, basically carnivores and herbivores. All right, so very, very Zootopia so far. Oh, yeah. And it's like everyone's been working, you know, everyone's been working and living together, and that's great and all. But. Like, there was a murder at the school that was obviously done by a carnivore, and now, like, tensions are up again, and they you discover eventually that, like, there's this entire, like, underground world where carnivores are able to, you know, sort of uh, sate their, you know, killer instincts in increasingly terrible ways, and so there's all of that. So it's Zootopia with Fight Club, go on. Yeah, sort of. Not exactly, but yeah, not not too far off of that, at least in terms of tonal uh, tonal differences. But uh, and through all through all of this, uh, their main characters are, the, like I said, this wolf who like almost but almost uh, is about to like kill and eat this rabbit girl, but stops himself at the very last moment, and uh, she gets she gets away, and he later on meets her when she apparently doesn't recognize him as the you know guy who grabbed her in the dark at one point and she has the she has this reputation for basically being you know for lack uh, for lack of a more polite term the the school slut like that is how people see her and it's all about like how she deals with that reputation and her you know sort of how she interacts with this the first guy who is not just, you know, smitten with her because they're in high school and everyone is, like, a raging bag of hormones the whole time and he actually, you know, seems to care about her. But, you know, it's like, how does his... How does this conflict with his, you know, with his... Oh, wait, back up. How does how does he come to care about her? Uh, basically, over time, um, he, start, he, he you know, starts to interact with her more and he kind of has this... Basically, she gets under his skin early on, um when she comes on to him way stronger than he was expecting. And uh, he sort of, you know, they both basically misread the uh, situation and take completely different, uh, take completely different uh, ideas about what their encounter meant. She thought that there, that uh, he wanted to sleep with her. He thought that, you know, he was just there to, you know, be a, not exactly an ambassador, but to like, you know, do a uh, chore for his club. And from that confusion, you know, they sort of, like, kind of cross each other's paths on and off for a few times and start to become actual friends, even though, you know, his all of his instincts are, I want to, you know, kill and eat this, this girl, and hers are, I desperately need to get out of here. 
like the fight or flight response is basically kicking in hard and it colors all of their interactions. Huh. That's all kind right. of kind of intriguing. I I want to ask a very racy question, which is like uh-huh. Do do, carni- do carnivores meet with herbivores in this world? Like, how does that does that work, Dan? <laughs> it's basic. Like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, the mechanics of this terrify and confuse me, but they never they never really go into the details. Basically, like the idea of a the idea of a relationship between an herbivore and a carnivore is not unheard of, but like it's kind of it's kind of taboo. Like, at least in the school, it's like, the expectation is that you go out with people, you know, at least in your own genus. Like, there's a there's a female wolf that comes in at one point, and she's, like, gunning for this uh, male wolf because he's, you know, he's big and handsome and strapping, even if he's, you know, a complete goober and is awkward. He is not, you know, he is not uh, main character material because he is <laughs> such a, because he is such a, like I said, he's a goober. That's the best way to describe him. He's... He's really, he's really nice. He's like fighting against the, you know, his, you know, more violent instincts all the time because he finds it easier to get through life if people think he's just this big dumb softy than if they, you know, looked at him like, you know, he's a frigging monster on, you know, he's a monster truck that walks like a man to borrow a phrase. Hmm. But uh, interesting. It almost has some. Well, Zootopia had this too, like societal type of vibes like it's trying oh. to say something about society a little bit absolutely did you, did you feel like you liked haru or i think that's the bunny's name yeah haru? yeah yeah i mean she was an interesting character and i felt like they missed some opportunities to sort of get more of her side of things as to you know not so much why she is the way she is but that there's really like she's not doing anything wrong and nothing about her, you know, nothing about how how she lives her life is harming other people except in the way that they react to her and, you know, their expectations of her, I suppose. Um, because as a rabbit, like, she's, you know, she's just, her natural state of being is terrified. Like, everything in the world would, you know, would kill and eat her is, like, what her instincts are screaming at her pretty much 24-7. And, you know, it's like your best your best bet is either to run away or curl up in a ball and die. And she finds that, you know, physical intimacy with other people is the only time where she feels like she doesn't have that fear where she's in at least some kind of control of her own life. And that's a very, again, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. I feel like it's kind of handled a little clumsily at certain points, but it does raise a lot of really interesting you know, ideas and questions about, you know, sort of how society looks at people, you know, based on their, you know, based on their feelings and attitudes towards sex and sexuality. So that part of things was kind of cool. Like I said, it's a much racier, much more charged show than you might think looking at it on the outside. But I do think it's worth your time. And really, one of the biggest takeaways from this doesn't have anything to do with the story or anything to do with the characters. It's that it's been... Actually, between this show and Land of the Lustrous, I've been coming around on anime-style 3D or 3D anime or whatever you want to call it, because especially in the context of comedy, it works shockingly well. 
the show is mostly done in 3D. There are some 2D segments, and the opening has, like, this claymation bit, which is just absolutely delightful to watch, so I definitely recommend checking that out, even if you don't end up, you know, enjoying the whole show. It's still just a fun little bit. Um, but between, like, the expressiveness of the characters' bodies and the fact that they can, you know, move in this very oddly fluid motion, it works really well for their responses to jokes and setups and all other sorts of stuff. So, like, when it comes to physical reactions and physical comedy, the 3D actually, I think, works better in some cases than traditional 2D. But, oh, interesting. You know, that's that's per, that's very much a subjective thing. That's very much a matter of taste. But when you compare it to some of the 3D anime-style stuff that we saw, you know, 10... 15 years ago when they were first really like trying to get that to work it you know it definitely it's definitely come a long long way so don't discount something just because it's you know trying the 3d anime thing really quick i don't want to stay on beastars forever but uh because you mentioned that the wolf guy and his gooberness and i think we never get to talk about this how did you feel about the the male role in society discussion like did they kind of get into that at all i mean obviously hmm. you know a woman being viewed as a slut for being sexually liberated and sexually active okay um but but the guy kind of trying to hide his masculinity for i guess reasons like was that interesting to you i Did mean that it kind was... of speak to an interesting story point society point uh i don't know for him really because like for him it was just kind of sort of a more of a personal character trait it wasn't treated as a broader it wasn't treated as a broader thing, or I didn't view it as a broader commentary. It was For him, it was much more related to the whole predator thing, where it's like, this is someone who has, you know, has these strong urges um, towards, in his case, you know, towards violence and feeding, you know, but they could obviously be, you know, you can slot in, you know, just regular fighting or sex or drugs or or alcohol or abuse or any other thing that is that has negative uh, associations with it that people have to you know fight against the temptations to glean towards you, you could kind but I of do feel like a lot of those things are inherently thought of as masculine right like aggression and yeah like sexual aggression and drinking and like mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting that he's desperate to push that out because i guess society as a wolf sees him as someone who should be doing that yeah, he is, he is okay. definitely... It's kind definitely, of interesting. And yeah, I guess that does make a degree of sense. You know, he is much more... He is much more subdued, and he puts on this face because he doesn't want to be seen as a monster. Um, whereas you have another character um, who is a deer, who, despite being, you know, traditionally a prey animal, is extremely prideful, extremely aggressive, went through some extreme trauma in his childhood. Like, there is trauma all up and down... Uh, that poor guy, he is just constantly seething with a, you know, this cocktail of anxiety and depression and rage, and it does, it just does a huge number on him before the end. So I honestly think he's probably the better uh, character to look at, uh, rather than the wolf, if you want to see, like, how this society or how the creators, you know, put their view of society up as far as, far as male characters go. Dang. All right, lots about Beastars, so sorry, maybe you didn't expect it, out. it to be that deep. Yeah, that was, that was long. Let's let's jump, but it sounds interesting. Uh, There's a lot to say, I guess. Yeah, well, that I'll uh, jump over to uh, Somali in the Forest Spirit, which uh, 
has a very simple premise compared to the one we just heard. Um, there's a girl and she finds a young girl. She finds this golem who's like a whatever kind of quasi mechanical, quasi biological guardian of a forest. And he takes her on a journey to find some other humans because she's one of the only humans around. Yeah. And that's pretty much the whole premise. Like they're just on an adventure kind of searching and they meet different societies and people along the way. And like Beastars, most of the rest of the creatures in the world are semi-anthropomorphized animals, though less like traditional, you know, Disney anthropomorphized and more like an axolotl with, like, four arms and, you know, deer characters with, like, hooves for hands. Much more animal-like. Yeah, they are much more animal-like than they are, like, whatever, human-shaped anthropomorphic-like animals. The other key distinction being that it seems like all animals love to eat humans. Yes. Well, I would I guess not everyone, everyone, but yes, it seems like the majority of these, uh, of the creatures like eating humans. Very tasty. Yeah. I like this show. I think it was cute. Um, I liked the, the golem and Somali getting closer. Like he's a really cute dad by the end yeah actually that's that's probably like the core of the show like yeah the, and the developing relationship between somali and the golem that's the highlight definitely however i personally am curious how it went for you scott i felt this weird vacuum of emotions is the best way i'm gonna describe it uh the the show has these violent tonal shifts and it's a mm, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, both metaphorically and literally uh there's the sequences of just sh shocking violence that i was like what Okay, how did we how did we get here? And yes, it is alluded to early on that these many of these creatures eat humans, but just wow, like I I wasn't expecting that and it made me feel this jarring sense of sort of like a car on a stop start traffic or on a windy road. I was just rocked back and forth and it goes from like this hyperviolence to just this softness of daughter and dad to uh just weirdly intense racism kind of where they keep showing the humans and the the creatures live together and since you mostly only in many ways get the creature side of the story it's just like the humans are the absolute worst they they catch us they murder us they you Essentially, know, anything that is against not us. like humans, they basically try to stamp out would right, be the way they, the monsters look at it. They murder, but then at one point, like, this little witch girl tells a backstory of how they lived in a town with a golem, and it it was fine, because they sort of thought it was a god for some reason, so sometimes they don't kill the things. It, it just... The world building didn't make a whole lot of sense. It kind of felt like in this week's episode, we want witches. In this week's episode, we're in this town. And, and, and now we need some violence. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm really on the fence. I don't think I'd watch more of this. I'm hmm. kind of in the same boat. Like, I enjoyed the beginning of the show, and I kind of liked the setup. Um, but I guess my expectations of it had been more that it was going to be kind of like this melancholy journey of, like, you know, this, you know, emotionless, but, you know, starting to sort of understand, you know, bonds between people. This uh, golem... Almost like a Kino's journey thing. Like, you're an observer yeah. on their emotional journey to 
find the humans, but in many ways, that's not the point, right? The journey is the point and their bond is the point. Yeah. But it, it kind There's... of, it strays so many times that it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I was really bothered. Like it, it bothered me quite a bit and it was veering very hard into Scott's classic. There's just enough detail that nothing makes sense. Yeah. Like I liked when it was, you know, I liked it again in the early times when they were sort of setting up the whole world and, you know, each of the towns looks and feels very vibrant and unique. And yeah, the show looks great, by the way. Like it does look very good. Looks yeah. really good. We really should give. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Some strong design design work, definitely, uh, especially the golem. I like that they made no effort to make him look like anything other than you know, like this giant monstrous skeleton. <laughs> Why does it have teeth? Why does it have teeth? I actually like. I kind of was okay with that because it sort of gave me a visual cue to un like understand its monotonous speech. I don't know how to say because this is a very female thing, but like I could put an emotion to what its speech was. Like I could hear emotions in it that it didn't have in its tonal pattern because mm. I could imagine a face. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, the fact that it has a face that has a roughly human-esque shaped face but yeah it doesn't emote essentially right the teeth are just like it's basically a speaker think like bender but without the lips moving but scott you just chime in really quick so I, it yeah, sounds I like you liked the only it way i did like it i mean it's it's fine it's probably the weakest of the shows i saw this season in terms of overall recommendation uh i guess to your point i think the only way you could really synthesize these different things into like a something relatively cohesive would be like the world is dangerous and you should and that will help you understand why the bond between the golem and somali is important like it's important for a parent to bring up and protect their child and just that this world happens to be much scarier than like the regular one and like that's the only way that all those disparate elements kind of come together i guess but there are a lot of discordant I guess, bits here and there. Would you watch more of it? Would I watch more of it? Uh, only if it was a pretty weak season otherwise. Like, I could see myself watching more, but, like, I'm not too excited for more of it, I guess. Like, it didn't have a particularly satisfying ending. I'll put that out there. Yeah, Agreed. I agree. It, it cuts off kind of in a weird place. I mean, for, for me personally, I would say I'm really in the middle. I... In many ways, I don't recommend it. I just think it's odd. And maybe if they made more of it and it found its footing, eh. But with the 13 it gave, I, I personally don't recommend it. Same. I'm basically like, it's it's for me, it's like a perfect 5 out of 10. Like, it's competent enough in the areas where it's decent and there's some interesting moments there that they're, you know, they're good at the time. But by the end, I was just sort of watching it out of obligation. So I can't... I can't say definitely don't watch it, but I can't say, you know, jump in on this either. Yeah, like if you're going to watch it, watch it because it looks really good and because disparate elements aside, like the world building is interesting and the cities are neat and so on. Like there's interesting stuff there. And also, I guess if you want to watch the, the two of these characters, like get along with each other. I do think that Somali, like she is cute to watch. She's kind of like too cute in the way that no child her age could actually really be. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. She's she's painfully adorable. Painfully Precocious. Adorable. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's more like like you know they never have a real fight. 
they never like she's never really unhappy about anything and you're like well come on now there's no right, there's like no great emotional six. distress she can be in that is not solved within five to ten minutes yeah bingo bingo and now gentlemen it's time for the peace oh, day resistance get ready all right so we'll end with madoka magica maggie a record holy crap this show is such garbage <laughs> gentlemen get ready so I had a. F- Before you jump in on that, I just want to point out that, like, the very idea of continuing Madoka Magica after the way that the original series ended. I'm not even talking about the movies or any of that kind of stuff. The idea of continuing that show after where it ended and how it ended just feels like a very backwards decision to me. Does this take place before or after the events of the original I show? don't even know. It has wow. to be before. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be before. It's called Side Story. It does. So some of the characters we know and love do show up. And Dan, I am completely in agreement with you in many ways. I'm not entirely clear why I watched this. Just don't ask about my life choices here. Um, it's, <laughs> Morbid oh fascination will carry you along. Morbid way. fascination. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's see. Um, I have a I have a nickname for this show, and it's Madoka Trashica Record of Fan Fiction because that's really what this show, <laughs> what this show is. It just it took Madoka Magica and it barfed all over it. <laughs> like that's the best way to describe this thing. Uh, it has cast bloat for days. It's based off a mobile game that you Ooh. can download right now. Whoops, a doodles. Yeah, every episode is a huge splash of the Madoka Magica, Magia Record mobile game. You can tell that this stupid thing was designed to sell the game. Uh, wow. I, I can't name majority of these characters. Some of them actually do stick in my head, but that's only because I, I have a fantastic memory. It's not because they're meaningful in any way. Hmm. Uh, many of them are just sort of typecast on top of the characters we love. You're like, oh, that's the Ice Queen Homura. That's the Sayaka. That's the... Okay, fine. Um, just to piss you off, like characters like Mommy and Sayaka do show up and don't really do anything and you're like kind of cameo it up right they cameo it up just to to keep you you know sort of hooked onto it uh the show can't keep track of its plot to save its life there are practically no stakes the entire town makes no sense it's like they took the witch mazes from madoka magica and we're like what if this was the whole town and you're like what (laughs) No, that doesn't okay. make any sense. Like, at one point, they go to a radio tower, right? It's in the middle of the city. It's this monstrous structure. They go there. The entire bottom of the tower is a path, you know, leading one-point perspective style off into the distance of the tower. And the rest of it is haphazardly placed graves done in that Salvador Dali style uh, coloring. And you're like, what the hell is this town? Like, how does this work? Buildings are either monstrously large or I don't like streets don't make sense. Nothing makes sense in this town. You'd have no idea, like no sense of space. Uh, just to to wrap back into the, there are no stakes. Um, this show tosses the idea of witches pretty much out. It's it's super cavalier with the rules of Madoka Magica. Like they basically don't apply. This is effectively fan fiction. Uh, there's these things called uwasa. Uwasa translates literally in Japanese to rumors. And so instead of witches, there's basically rumors that people have that morph into something similar to a witch. These big creepy Salvador Dali entities that sort of have a maze, but sort of not. Uh, 
So one of them is like, there's a friendship ending staircase. Like all the girls are whispering and they're like, if you write your name along with another girl's name on the staircase on the sixth step, you will cease to be friends for all eternity. And if you attempt to interact again, you'll be sucked into an abyss and disappear. Uh, so this happens and they go into the Owasa maze and they just like are snipping at each other, these two girls. And they're like, I didn't want your friendship, but I want your friendship. My friendship is so meaningless. Meh, meh, meh. Like they're just yelling at each other and then nothing happens. Like all the girls who got kidnapped before or something, I guess are released when they punch it in the face and there's no grief seed. The whole concept of having to deal with your soul gem getting corrupted doesn't happen until the very end when mini Hitler shows up. What? And yes, excuse me. Yes, what? Mini Hitler shows up. So none of it makes sense. None of it has stakes. They go into these mazes in and out. The one that pissed me off the most was, uh, there's this segment where there's something called lucky owl water. Like literally the Uwasa is sitting there in an alley going lucky owl water. Do you want lucky owl water? And I'm like, don't touch that. It's an Uwasa stab it. And these two stupid girls go in there, the magical girls, and they're like, let's drink the Lucky Owl water. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> going to kill you, too. I'm going to kill you. Hondabachi, no. Hondabachi, why? And no, nothing happens. They drink the damn water. They get luck, great luck all day. Your luck is supposed to run out after X many times, and you're supposed to, you know, pseudo-die or whatever. Nope, totally doesn't happen. They pseudo-punch it in the face or something. None of these girls have any backstory. Uh, so mini Hitler, there's, there's supposed to be a mystery. Okay, the, the, the original mystery is lead character Iroha had um, a sister who she suddenly realized she couldn't, she remembers and realizes for however long she forgot this girl. Uh, the room, like the other half of her room is completely empty. This girl is just wiped from existence. And so she goes on a quest to go find her. There's a city called Kamihama where magical girls are congregating because there's a rumor that if you come to Kamihama, you can be saved as a magical girl. So everyone comes there and these stupid Uwasa things, it's like mystery of the week. None of her plot matters mm. whatsoever. We just meet too many girls. Time. scooby doo yeah. Everything has no emotional weight, no relevance. And then at the very end, we meet a girl that... Iroha's sister was in the hospital with because they're sort of teasing you that Iroha's sister was very ill and her wish might have been like to save her sister which somehow wiped her memory or some jazz and one of the girls who was in the hospital with her is a genius and a, they she invites them to a meeting with her secret organization called the Wings of Magius which kicks in much later and they're like oh ho we're controlling Uwasa and by doing so we have a special mechanism that allows us to control Uwasa and that allows us to summon them in a mode called doppel you can summon like you can turn into a witch sorta control the powers of it and then it reverts back and then your soul gem is cleansed and I'm like the sounds the, like a good deal the frick frack is this of course there's got to be a you know, back end, because this is Madoka Magica here. And it just, none of, she invites them to a lecture in this gigantic hall. And you're like, oh my gosh, it snacks with the enemy, right? Like, do not go. Yeah, snacks with the enemy. Is it and, just going to be a giant exposition dump? Yes, yes it is, Dan. <laughs> in yes, an it actual is. lecture hall. In an actual lecture hall. And all these, like, big tubes, kind of looks like a centrifuge full of tubes pop up. Like, the show thinks it's so artistic 
it's it's just vomiting up like images on the screen and you're like what is this they ride a giant gondola into nowheresville the lecture hall is happening and they they reveal to them that you die when your soul gem you know gets corrupted and all the girls are like oh no and then she possesses them they all join her wing of magius thing except for two of them there's the worst part about it is the show somehow got a second season so help me anime i will throttle you it cuts off <laughs> at a halfway point where they're like there's an italian girl like basically she she speaks in some italian she shows up looking at all the slaves of the wings of magius walks outside and goes huh i can't wait for while pergus knocked and you're like i am done with you tempting me with this garbage you've mm. pulled mommy in once in a while you put sayaka in you pulled Kyoko in I am done with your garbage and it could have been really neat I'm not gonna go into the whole shtick but it is a lot like Nazism like this this little girl tells the the magical girls who she's enslaved effectively she's like hey we're a higher order of human like our wishes literally move heaven and earth we should be of a special order we should cleanse the world of the rest of of humanity because we are superior and, you know, there's there's references to Walpurgis Noct could be a reference to Crystal Noct, to Nazism. Like you could have gone somewhere and it's just hot trash. Do not watch this show. So help me, do not watch this show. It's utter garbage. You just gotta leave leave Madoka Magica alone, Japan. Stop that. It's so bad. Don't watch it. Do not watch. Do not watch. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of winter 2020. Uh, don't watch Babylon. Don't watch Madoka Magica. Watch the other good stuff. Max out your defense and watch Max some better shows. Watch, watch, just better watch that and feel good. Alrighty then. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care, everyone. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.